Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You live and don't learn, don't you silly old bastard at my age, you know. Hello and welcome. This is episode 18 of the Paul Ryder Tapes. I'm Angela Smith. I'm the ex-wife of Paul Ryder. And in the months leading up to his death, he sat down with me to tell his complete whole life story. All of the great things and all of the struggles with no stone left unturned. And we finished recording his story just 12 days before he suddenly passed away. Coming up in this episode... He said, yeah, but it's not like cancer or anything, is it? Oh, God. I I never knew any of this. Yeah, and his eyes just filled up and he started crying. Oh. He needed from me assurance that I wasn't going to be turning his son into an addict. I remember as Joy Division once, we did a gig at Oldham Tower Club and nobody turned up. Oh. No. And I remember the guy was sweeping the floor and every time that, he, that we finished a song, he'd turn round to us and go, do you know any Hendrix? It's just a strange do, like the Monday's the fan demographic. Right. In suits. The name was Hugh... Jardon, J-A-R-D-O-N. Ah, and everyone was laughing. And my dad and Barbara, his wife, were like, what does that mean? So we left off the last episode as our youngest son, Chico, had just been diagnosed with a rare and aggressive form of cancer. So there wasn't even, like, a nail-biting bad decision to make whether or not we go that route or that route. It was like that or... Within ten days, yeah. the tumor would have blocked his, it would have blocked his throat. He wouldn't be able to breathe, and mm-hmm. would have affected his carotid artery. So his, heart, I mean, he was literally going to die if he didn't have chemo that night. Yeah. yeah. So at midnight, my fiftieth birthday. Wow. But do you know what? It was a real relief because at least we knew what we were dealing with at that point. Yeah. So it was almost like a relief. Yeah. That at least now something was able to be done and I remember asking what the what the prognosis was and they were like well he said 
we cure mo more than we don't. I was like, that's fine. Don't need to know any more than that. And then I started Googling, of course. Rapto. And it was not good. It was like a really aggressive, horrible mm. form of cancer that, you know... Well, the good was... thing was the main doctor in charge was a specialist in that type of cancer. Our friend and owner of the studio where the Mondays were rehearsing, Latch, remembers first hearing about Chico getting sick. Before you got the diagnosis of cancer, there was a, there was a lump, wasn't there? And I think Paul was telling us that, oh, you know, he was a bit concerned they found this lump, we're going to go and have some tests or, you know, whatever they did at the time. And it was like, oh, right, OK, mate, well, you know, fingers crossed, blah, blah, blah. And then the next thing, it's like, oh, it's cancer. You know, and it's like, oh, now now we're waiting to find out what the prognosis is. But And then and then it seemed to accelerate what happened after that. You know, it was like, shit, he's getting rushed in, fucking chemo and all that. So, yeah, I mean, it was uh, he was certainly devastated by it, you know, and yeah. concerned and wanted to get the fuck out of here. But, and again, in one way, I suppose that's a testament to Paul. Personally, I think I'd have just gone, fuck this, I'm gone. He was trying to do the right thing by both camps, I think. You know, he was like, I, I've got to go. I mean, I think if it comes to it, it was like, I'm going. But I think it was like, I don't want to stitch you lot up in the meantime. So, listen, I've got to go to the States, you know, but but, but how, how can we make this work kind of thing. But you kept in, in touch with Chico on Facebook, didn't you? You used to send him messages every so often. And one thing that Latch promised Chico was that in a few months' time he was going to come and visit and Chico would get to have a ride on the back of his Harley motorbike. Yeah, well, again, it's like when when someone's that ill or someone dies or, you know, <clears throat> what do you say? So I just went, listen, we're coming back to America next year. Like, how do you fancy going around on the bike? What am I going to fucking say? Do you know what I mean? Like... So all as I'm thinking is, it, it, there's a distant goal there. He can go, oh, that you know, it's a, I suppose a distraction technique, isn't it, or something like that. So that's how that came about. It was like, what do you say to a kid who's fucking got some horrific thing going on? We know loads of kids who have it, but yeah. 300 kids in America every year get it, which is a tiny number when you consider there's 300 million people in mm -hmm. America or thereabouts. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like one in a million people. Wow. But um, obviously because of making connections in the hospital, we knew a lot of kids who had it, and, mm -hmm. and a lot of them were not doing well. No. And depend that, that there were two subtypes and he said because of how much because it, it was growing every day this yeah. tumor and he yeah, said yeah. because of how fast it's growing we're assuming it's the worst subtype mm, okay. um and then they had to check whether he whether it had gone into his bone marrow mm. and other things and to in order to stage it and then a couple of days later they, they said we got good news it's not the more aggressive subtype, it's the less aggressive subtype, and it hadn't spread into any of his other That was great parts. news. But it was still stage three, group three, intermediate mm. risk. So it was, you know, it was like 50-50, really-ish, yeah, yeah. yeah. or thereabouts. Yeah. And soon after come the cannabis years. Well, yeah. So <laughs> it was about five months later. So he, he started his treatment and... 
the first thing that I noticed within 24 hours of that first chemo infusion, mm-hmm. I noticed that that heart monitor stopped beeping. Oh. It, it was waking me up all the time. I was in the room with him yeah, the yeah. whole time. Yeah, you stayed there all the time. Yeah. And, I, and I, I thought there was something wrong with the machine because it wasn't beeping anymore, yeah. like regularly. And I asked about it and they said, oh, that's because the chemo's already started to shrink the tumour. So it's wow. not giving us an emergency anymore. And that's how I knew that Incredible. it was an emergency. Mm-hmm. Um, so he stayed in there for about a couple of weeks, maybe two, two or three weeks. weeks yeah. And then he was able to come home again and yeah. he had to have nine months worth of these three different chemo drugs that just knocked the hell out of him. I mean, it was awful, wasn't it? Our friend and internationally renowned cannabis expert Mara Gordon recalls how severely the side effects of the chemo affected Chico. Chico was one of those kids or one of those people who had, if there was a negative response to have to chemotherapy, he was going to have it. I mean, it sucked. It's, I mean, it broke my heart whenever I would talk to him or see him or anything. Remember shaving his head when his hair was falling out? Jacob shaved his head. Yeah. In the hospital. Yeah, he did. Yeah, Yeah, he brought his clippers and shaved his head because all his hair was falling out. And so I just thought, let's get rid of the hair and then it's not an issue. And he he didn't have a problem with losing his hair until this idiot psychologist woman came in and how are you feeling about having cancer? Oh, God. And, um, and uh, it was like, oh, I'm all right. Because I always said to him, look, it's it's not the same. It was a lie, but I said, it's not mm. the same in kids as it is with adults and you just have to have this medicine and it's soldiers that will fight the yeah. disease and then you'll come out the other end and everything will be good. I always kept it positive because yeah. he needed he needed that. I think yeah. you, you can't let your kids show the fear that you have. No. They have to know that they're going to get well. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was young enough to accept that yeah. at the time. Yeah. And I think it's really important not to let Very them have important. a negative a negative take. Our friend, actor Paul Popplewell, went out of his way to organise a special gift for Chico. I mean, it's your worst nightmare, isn't it, as a parent? Like, yeah. You tell me. You you went, you lived it. But um, it's that thing when things horrible things are happening to people you love and care about. Because you and Paul will always have a special place in my heart, always, because mm. you were so kind to me when my life was terrible. And, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And when I was younger, in my early 20s... Um, and that was the th- thing about Paul as well. It was like he was a role model to me, yeah. you know, um, in, the, in my early days when I was living with you. I remember working with Daniel Radcliffe and, 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 and asking him. I didn't know whether Chico was a fan of yeah, Harry Potter, but I know, I remember you saying yeah, he was. after the fact. Yeah. But I just thought, what 10-year-old boy... Wouldn't be. Or at least know about it. Yeah. Or at least put a smile. I just, it's that thing when you're so far away from people and you just think that you're powerless. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing really you can do as a mum. You're not on, I mean, you you love your kid. I'm not telling you this, but I'm just saying like, as a parent or as a family member, we've all had family members who've had some sort of horrible illness. You can do very little, can you? Other than love them and support them. Yeah. And there's a friend thousands of miles away, you can do even less. And it's just yeah. that thing of what, even if you can just put a smile on the face or something. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I asked him. 
What did he say? He said, yeah, and I asked him if he'd heard of the band and he was like, of course I have, and he knew the band and he liked the band. And I explained, well, you know, Paul's lad's um, got cancer and, you know, is there anything he's got with him? We were on set that 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 I could send out there, and he, he said I, he had some photos, and then um, I was like, I need this today because I know like if this will never happen, do you yeah. know what I mean? Through all the goodwill in the world, yeah. trying to pin somebody down at another time for something, and if they're in your car, we can get in this yeah. now. <laughs> so so yeah, he, his his guy went and got it out of his boot, and he and he signed it for Chico. Oh, the other. The other bad thing was Sonny, who was only nine months... No, how old? What's the difference in age? 19 months older than him. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to sit him down. So he was, like, 12. Yeah. I had to sit him down in the cafeteria of the hospital and I said, you know, Chico's really ill, don't you? He's like... He said, yeah, but it's not like cancer or anything, is it? Oh, God. And I was like, well, I yeah, never knew is. any of this. Yeah, and he just his eyes just filled up and he started crying. Oh, oh. It hit Sonny really hard, didn't it? Yeah. 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 He was great with him, though. Sonny was great with Chico when he was ill. Yeah. Really Yeah, they, were always, they always got on really well. I mean, yeah. we were really lucky that they were as good as they were. Yeah. Um, so he came home and then he had 28 consecutive days, apart from weekends of radiation, and he had to have this mask fitted to his face that mm. bolted to the chair so he didn't... To, to the table so he didn't move his head. Yeah, he's still was... got that mask in his wardrobe now. Yeah, that's horrific, like that. Halloween costume. Mm. Um, and um, very soon he wasn't eating anything because he got terrible mouth sores yeah. in his mouth. So he was losing loads of weight. And uh, very quickly he was in a wheelchair and he was bald. And he hadn't eaten for two or three months so they started feeding him intravenously. Mm-hmm. The rock and roll mums, Paul and Sean's mum, Linda, and drummer Gaz Whelan's mum, Sandra, remember those days and how badly they were affected by Chico being ill. When he was in the hospital and he was in pain, oh, I couldn't control myself then. No child yes. should yeah. No child should no. have to go no, through no, that. No, you're right, you shouldn't. No, no. Is, it makes you question, is there a God? I just oh, prayed God, it yeah. had gone, it had oh. given me back. Our great friend Manny, bass player with the Stone Roses and formerly Primal Scream, sympathises. I love Sean and Paul's mum. She's ace, isn't she? Yeah, I feel for her. She, she's, had, she's had a tough few years, hasn't she? Lost her husband and her bloody son. Not fair, is it? Life. And I just thought, he's not doing... The, the cancer was going away, yeah. but the effects of the chemo were killing him, I felt. I just mm. thought... And I'd asked the doctor at the very beginning, are there any supplements we can give him? Is there anything that could help this? No, no, we don't want you to give him anything. Yeah. And I'm like, well, it doesn't make sense. If a kid's not eating, surely they need vitamins. But we were told, no, no, nothing, nothing, nothing. Mm-hmm. But he deteriorated so much in the next four or five months that I just started researching furiously what yeah. natural medicines I could give him that might help. And I just spent every waking hour going through all mm-hmm. this research and went to an naturopath, went to loads of different doctors and got information and discounted some. And then I came up with a list of supplements that I wanted to give him. Yeah. Um, ran it by the doctor. Oh, that's good. I think because he too was seeing that he wasn't, yeah. he wasn't doing yeah, yeah. well at all. 
we had a Facebook message from Sean's ex-girlfriend, Oriel. Oh, right. Saying, you need to watch a documentary called Run From The Cure about Rick Simpson. And uh, she'd kept messaging me, cannabis, you've got to look into cannabis oil, look into cannabis oil. So one day we sat up in the hospital and we watched this, this documentary and it was about how a Canadian guy called Rick Simpson had made a concentrated cannabis oil because a study that had been done in the 70s where they were trying to prove that cannabis caused lung cancer, they actually found that the exact opposite was true and that people who'd had cannabis had less incidence of lung cancer than people who didn't. But the results of that research were buried for years. And Rick Simpson had, had heard of this, so he decided to try and treat cancer with a really concentrated amount of cannabis oil mm. and had huge success mm-hmm. and treated lots of people in Canada successfully but then got run out of Canada because he was breaking the law. Mm. Um, so that kind of convinced me to look into it further and then one night I found a study that had been done at the University of Zurich that had pr- that had taken rhabdo cells, yeah. like the a- actual type of cancer that Chico had, And in that research, in the test tube, it was proven that THC, which is the psychoactive part of cannabis, actually killed rhabdo cells in the lab. So I thought, we got to give it a go. And it was federally illegal. Yeah. Um, It was legal in California, but it was federally illegal, which meant that we were technically breaking the law. But I just thought, I I didn't ever want to get to a point where... I regretted not doing something that I knew about that might have helped. I never wanted to have a regret about something that I didn't do. I'd rather regret something that I did do than something that I didn't do. And how did you find it? Online, on a Facebook group, got referred to somebody, Mm -hmm. ordered some, and these little pots came. There were no instructions on it. Wow. And it was just... It was just... (laughs) give him some on the end of a matchstick and put it under his tongue and build up to... A, at, the t- at the time, the, the research was very scant. It was like, try and do 60 grams in 90 days, mm. uh, which now is not what's recommended, but that's all the information that there was at the time. And so we started giving him this oil, and he'd literally not eaten for about four or five months. And after a few days, he's like, Mum, I'm hungry. Wow. I want to eat something. Paul was understandably cautious about giving his 11-year-old son large doses of cannabis, so he made a phone call to the expert that we'd found, Mara Gordon, to discuss it with her. What he he needed from me was assurance that I wasn't going to be turning his son into an addict. It was hard for him to think, oh my gosh, am I sending my son down this path? I was very um, impressed with his concern for his child. I was very impressed with his self-awareness of the fact that he had this addiction issue. I mean, I don't think anybody ever heard of the Happy Mondays that doesn't know about the addictions within the band. As long as he followed the path of following the directions and not then taking it upon himself to do more, he would be fine. 
And one of the other things that we'd given him that the naturopath recommended was three teaspoons of glutamine three times a day because every time he had chemo, he had these really bad mouth sores, mm. like big mouth ulcers, but all the way down into his stomach, mm. which made eating just impossible and also the risk of infection from these open sores. Mm -hmm. And the naturopath said, give him a teaspoon of glutamine three times a day mm -hmm. and that will prevent the mouth sores. And it did. It just worked miraculously. Wow. So he didn't have mouth sores anymore and never had them again throughout the rest. And the, the oncologist was so impressed. Yeah. He said, oh, I'll start recommending that to my other patients. Wow. And I just thought, how, how can it be that something that's in the natural medicine world mm -hmm. that's really cheap, you buy it $20 for a big tub in Whole Foods, like yeah. why do people not know about this stuff? Yeah. So I just started researching more and more and he... he decided he wanted to eat, which was just incredible for yeah. us. Around that time, the Stone Roses played at Coachella and Chico was their guest of honour, watching them from his wheelchair from the side of the stage. When we came and did the Coachella thing and, it, and uh, God, he was poorly, Chico, well, he was very, very weak. Uh, so it's, 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 it's kind of heartbreaking in a lot of ways. Anyone, you know, uh, don't, don't want to see a child like go through that. You know, when you're a parent, it's it. Did all your kids, you know, even if they're yours and Paul's, they, 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 you've got to still look at them like they're children, and you've got to love them, haven't you? And do what you can to protect them. So uh, it, it was very, very ill, wasn't it, at Coachella? And it was. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad to see he's uh, he's turned that corner, you know, and uh, he's kicked it, you know. I remember him uh, being at the side of the stage, and Ian gave him some bells. Like yeah, 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 like the jingle bell things. Yeah, yeah that was so nice. Yeah. That, that was, was a nice proper, was mem proper brilliant memory, that. that yeah, well, do you know, like I said, we love the kids. Uh, you know, your kids are as good as ours, and they all get treated with the same respect, mate, you know. That's so, that's so nice. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. He was eating again. You're getting the munchies. And and yeah, and then this other a Chinese herbal concoction that's that was invented for people who were on chemo to prevent because when you have chemo, you white blood count, which mm. is what fights disease, plummets mm. to zero. So you're at real risk if you get a a normal cold, it can kill you because you've no defence. Mm -hmm. This concoction of Chinese herbs was, was concocted to prevent the white blood count staying low for very long. Mm. And all the other kids were having to have their chemos delayed because the white blood count, 
yeah. in order to get your next dose, the white blood count had to go back up. Yeah. And so all these chemos were getting delayed. He never had a delayed chemo because he was taking this stuff. Mm. And every time his counts would go to zero and the doctors would say, oh, it'll be like this for a few days. I was like, no, it'll be back up tomorrow. And it always was. Wow. And and again, one doctor was like, oh, let me have a look at this supplement that you're, that you're taking, that mm. you're giving him. And again, why... Why are not all cancer patients on this stuff that really helps and could have saved his life Ooh. because if his counts had remained low and he, his chemos had to be delayed, the chemo was working to kill that, those cancer cells. Mm -hmm. But it could have it, killed him. It could have killed him. And then if you have to delay it, then the cancer would have had a chance to come back. So I honestly believe that the natural supplements really probably saved his life mm. but the the most important one i think was was the cannabis because i mean he just transformed really obviously as you go through treatment you get worse and worse like mm. it, it hits you more more and more but he managed to get through the rest of the treatment without having to have delayed chemos the, the one problem that he did have though was um he became addicted to opioids oh yeah um, i remember yeah mm. um they put him on morphine for the pain from the from the radiation. Yeah. And um, one day this little nurse came in and said, oh, there's a much stronger painkiller that I think he should have. And she said, do you want me to ask the doctor for it? Yeah. Called Dilodid, which is more much stronger than morphine. Mm. So I just thought, well, if that's what she thinks would help him, then of course. Mm -hmm. um, and then we found out Every time we were in, she happened to be on the shift and it was really weird. And she said to me, um, oh, I'm here because I heard Chico was on, so I wanted to see him. And then the dialogue became a real problem because he was needing more and more and more of it mm -hmm. um, to the point where he became really dependent. And we ended up having to go back to the ER loads of times when he was out because he was withdrawing from opioids. It was, yeah. like, a, yeah. it was like you'd been when you were on heroin yeah. and needed and needed it yeah um and so then they put him on methadone remember oh, God, you was yeah. like don't let them give him methadone don't let them mm. give him methadone um but one day i just was I'd, I'd refused it maybe seven times and one day i was just like okay if that's what's going to help then let's do yeah. it and one thing that really helped him do the methadone detox was actually the cannabis oil. We titrated the methadone down and the cannabis oil up and it worked really really well and the irony is that originally the hospital had recommended a synthetic form of THC. So I remember that he got prescribed cannabinoids, which yeah. is... Um, well, it, you, they don't prescribe them, but it was recommended by... Uh, by the hospital. They got little tiny... Cannabinoids. Oh, right, OK, Marinol, that was called. Marinol. And yeah. the nurse that was coming round to see Chico said... You might as well use the real deal. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. And that was at the same time you was doing your research. Yeah, it was. And it so, all fell into place nicely. Yeah. So Marinol was prescribed Marinol, because that's it. none of the other anti-nausea drugs had worked. He was literally throwing up every day, even though he wasn't eating, he was still managing to throw up. Mm -hmm. So like, well, we'll, we'll prescribe Marinol and, and it's a synthetic THC, which yeah. is what's in cannabis. Yeah. And then his home nurse said, oh, he's, he's got weed beads. They call it weed, weed beads. beads. That's right. And she said, frankly, you're better off with the real thing. Yeah. 
asked Ooh. the doctor for a recommendation. So we did, and the first doctor said no, and then the second doctor had had a friend who'd had cancer and had really benefited from it. Mm. So she gave us... She wrote on a prescription, because it was before the days of the official yeah. cards that you got... Yeah. Um, so we were able to take that to a dispensary mm -hmm. and get him some edibles. That's but right. the problem with the edibles was he didn't want to eat. Mm. Um, so that's why we then decided... This coincided with me finding out about the anti-tumour actions of THC, so we ordered the actual oil. That's right. And that's what worked to treat. Right. And then very soon after that, through the online community, I'd met a woman who was involved in a, a documentary being made by Ricky Lake's production company called Weed the People, and they asked us, would we let them tell our story? So mm -hmm. they then started filming us, giving him oil and his journey, and through them we met Mara Gordon and Stuart Smith from Aunt Zelda's, who just had the best quality oil yeah. and tons of experience with dosing yeah. for paediatric cancer cases. They was up in San Francisco. They were up in Bodega Bay at the time. They're now yeah. in Mexico. Oh, um, yeah. But they were like angels for us, really. Yeah, we they... got great oil from them. They advised us on dosing. The yeah. whole Rick Simpson dosing had mm. been thrown out the window, basically, and they gave us a, <clears throat> a target dose of THC and CBD to give him every day. We had two different oils, one high in THC, one high in CBD. Mm. And they was making the oil themselves, yeah. so yeah. they knew it was good quality. Um, sorry, Stuart's about to come behind me, I think. All right. Uh, hey. interview. Hi, Stuart. Come say hi real quick. She can edit this part out. No, come I won't hi. edit it out. I'll keep it in. Hi, yeah. Stuart. I can't Hello. see that. Come Don't down. To... Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, look at that tool hat. There you are. There you are. Uh, right. So Chico had been diagnosed with rhabdomyosarcoma. And uh, obviously that is a, uh, it's a soft tissue sarcoma. And soft tissue sarcomas happen to contain a lot of cannabinoid receptors, especially CB1. Right. And so that means that we have a lot to target with cannabinoids, or at least in theory we do. So there was no question that it was going to be a good option for him on killing the cancers. So the fact that he was suffering, we were able to, besides target the, cannab the cannabinoid receptors to kill the cancer, you know, and we had had wonderful results with sarcomas in the past but also to manage the side effects of the chemotherapy. So I, on one hand, was working to kill the cancer, and on the other hand, working to get him through the chemo process. The extraction method mm -hmm. had evolved again since Rick Simpson's days. Yeah. He used to use um, butane, I believe, which yeah. is apparently very dangerous. Yeah, it can explode. So, they use CO2 extraction and then alcohol extraction, mm -hmm. uh, which was safer. Mm -hmm. um, so we didn't look back from there, really. Facebook, which you know I despise, yeah. um, uh, was just giving off all sorts of ridiculous and shaming, the shaming of parents and the shaming of, I mean, I just... I couldn't do it. I couldn't be in those. I would be, you know, <laughs> I'd be like, who do I kill? <laughs> but um, but you were smart enough to keep searching and keep looking and, and sought out uh, professional help. I had people unfriend me on Facebook when I started posting about giving Chico cannabis. <laughs> what I found with Paul, though, was he respected me 
in what I was doing. And so he didn't challenge me, which is good. So he he did. It wasn't like I would say, oh, Chico needs to be on 700 milligrams of cannabinoids and him saying, you're crazy. You're not giving my son that. Right. He respected the fact that you were in charge and that I was guiding the charge. Um, he's very, he was very funny in a very British dry sort of way. You know, he had kind of that subtle humor that if, if you don't, to me anyway, and if you don't, um, uh, uh, he was, he was very quiet. Um, he wasn't a loud man. He was very quiet, very thoughtful. The next interactions I had with Paul, I want to say, I think that was when I was interviewed for an article that came out in the UK about, you know, band member son is using cannabis. And I was like, I can't remember the headline, but it was kind of designed to be, you know, wow. You know, it wasn't like um, a supportive in particular. But I felt like Paul's uh, using his fame or notoriety, however you want to put it, to further the understanding of this, I think it was very beneficial. And I think it it helped other people. And if one other person was helped, it was worth everything. Please bear in mind that unlike Mara, we weren't experts. We were just parents trying to do the best for our child. We're not trying to give anyone any advice. We just hope that by sharing our experience, it might just help someone. I remember when the, we, the people were filming and it was after he'd finished treatment and uh, we, they filmed him getting on his BMX bike, which he'd oh, yeah, just he was... been able to ride again. Yeah. yeah, a couple of months after Christmas. Yeah, and then Latch, whose studio you'd been rehearsing in a couple yeah. of years before, came over on a, a Harley trip Yeah, and uh, gave him a ride on the back of his Harley and they drove yeah. up the Malibu Mountains and that was a really nice moment as well. was a good well. treat for him. Yeah. yeah. It just so happened that the film crew from Weed the People were filming with us on the day that Latch visited. So they filmed a sequence with him giving Chico that precious ride on the back of his Harley. We were travelling round anyway, you know, so we were going to pass through LA, so it's like, it'd be rude not to... You know what I mean? You've got a fucking mate who lives in LA. If you're passing, you've got to come in, haven't you? you got to come and say hello. We get on the bike and we kick Chico up and we ride off into the sunset and then the glamour of television, we then have to park up round the corner for 20 minutes while the camera crew drop everything and reload it into the... So me and Chico were sat on Coal Canyon Road. We sat on the bike, like, and I was saying, uh, you know, how's it going? And he's like, yeah, yeah, all right, blah, blah, blah. I said, are you getting back to Manchester much? Because obviously they've pretty much grown up in America now, haven't they? And he said, yeah, we go, you know, once, maybe twice a year, go and see Nan and Grandad and all that lot. And then... Jokingly, I went, oh, do you miss it? <laughs> you know, thinking he was going to go, no. And he went, oh, yeah, a little bit. And I went, really? What do you miss the most? And he went, the cold. <laughs> and the rain. Do you know what I mean? Like, he missed the cold and the rain because it's just sunny all the time. Nice one, Latch. Yeah. That's the third shout-out Latch has got. I know, he keeps getting <laughs> shouted out, doesn't he? <laughs> 
and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. When the film Weed the People came out on Netflix, Latch got his mum to watch it, but didn't tell her that he was in it. So we're watching with the people and it comes to the point where I'm on I, I'm either on the motorbike or next to the motorbike, kitting Chico up. You know, and I, I can't remember what I said, you know, like, oh let's get this leather jacket on you. And my mum went, Jesus, you can tell he's not American, can't you? <laughs> and I'm like And then I must, you know, put him on the bike or whatever. And then she and then she stood up and she went, is that you? <laughs> and I'm killing myself laughing. I'm killing myself laughing, yeah. So that was my mother watching it. She was killing... Oh, I was killing myself. <laughs> Excellent. You can tell he's not American. So during all this time, um, I remember on Christmas Eve you sent a text to Sean saying... It's been confirmed Chico's got cancer, and he yeah. replied, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say, so he never says anything. Yeah, but, you know, some people just don't know what to say. It doesn't that's, mean they don't care. That's true. That's and, true. And he really redeemed himself when there was that fundraiser. We did the fundraiser for Chico. Yeah. Brought, brought him over to England yeah. and did the uh, private... Uh, Happy Monday's show. Well, it wasn't really private. The people could buy tickets. That was about a year after he finished treatment. And he was still a bit thin and, and yeah. a bit weak still, but he managed to walk again and mm -hmm. took about two years for his heels to get back on the ground because his right. tendons yeah. had shrunk. Yeah. But that was a bit of a that whole event was a mission because it was like a black tie do and it was like a dinner. Like the Mondays aren't the kind of band that you'd have a four course dinner with and then no. then see. But it was a very strange show. We got our friend, former MTV producer Alan Howard, to come along and do some filming on the night. I got a phone call from you, Ange, roping me into <laughs> to Happy Mondays gig, um, and. Uh, <laughs> And that was the um, the Chico um, benefit, which was very Happy Mondays, Angela Smith style, um, because it had there was a tombola, um, there was a raffle, there was it was a cross it was a cross between a big gig 
and Butlin's Holiday Camp is what it was, I think. Yeah, it was a very strange show, and we had we had really great support from the Manchester music community. We had Hooky who was DJing, very oh, funny yeah. Spinal Tap moment with Hooky. Oh, we had him on at six o'clock. Yeah. But at six o'clock, everyone at the event were upstairs, mm. like in a kind of reception area. But he was DJing downstairs to a completely empty room. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if you ever knew or we were told that put in the wrong room. When you were DJing, all the people were in the reception room upstairs. And you That's just... Quite <laughs> quiet. Mm. it. It, somebody had messed up, so all the people arrived and were upstairs in a, in a reception room, and you were DJing downstairs in the dining room, and there was nobody. But, but you just I must you know, say, you were so great, gracious. You just carried on like a complete trooper. That doesn't bother me. <laughs> Do you know what? The, it, it's, it's very Happy Mondays, I have to say. Uh, and also, um, the reason I'm like that is, uh, I remember as Joy Division once, we did a gig at Oldham Tower Club. Right, and this Oldham Tower Club was a week was a monthly night. Sad Cafe had played the month before us and sold it out, and we managed to get a booking for the gig, thirty quid for the gig at Oldham Tower Club, and nobody turned up. Oh. No, one. right. So Joy Division actually played first half of the set to no one, and I remember the guy was sweeping the floor. And every time that, he, that we finished a song, he'd turn round to us and go, do you know any Hendrix? <laughs> go, no, fuck off. And he'd go, oh, and he did that in every song. And then two punks girls came in and we thought, oh, you know, the audience had increased by 200%. <laughs> and these two punk girls came right to the front of the stage and they were looking at us and we were like, oh, yeah, this is good. This is better. And when we finished the song, one of the girls went, hey, are you the Frantic Elevators? And we and we went, no, we're Joy Division. And the girls went, I told you we've come to the wrong club. And they left. <laughs> so we went back to no one. And then I suppose if you look at a bit further on and you look at, you know, headlining Glastonbury five times to 175,000 people, as long as it's somewhere in between. Right. Not and 175, I don't give a fuck. Right? Give it all right. I'm happy to do it. And it was a wonderful um it was a wonderful thing to be able to help. You know, that's what's, I mean, you know, it, it it's one great thing about our job that I always think is is that when we do get the chance to help people, we get to do something that we love as well, which is so easy. It always makes it so easy a decision for me to do it. So it was a pleasure. Absolute oh, pleasasure. Anytime you need me, I will be I'm more than happy to play. But yeah, I didn't know it was in the wrong room. Bugger. Yeah. <laughs> but you were very gracious. No, we're very grateful for that. I'm sure he did, soon filled up. He did his turn, bless him. And then we had Manny DJing as well. Yeah. yeah. Any of the Mondays kids would be able to treat him like the, your own kids, you know, if uh, if someone needs a helping hand, they'll be more than eager and willing to to pitch in and do whatever's necessary to to make something happen, you know. And that was a, a, a good little event. I, I remember really enjoying that, and it's good to have people out. I'm buzzing for Chico in, in, in particular now that he's, uh, he's come out the other side of that. And Clint Boone also Clint came Boone. and DJed. Do you have any memories of that night or of that event? It, it was lovely, I mean, because it was obviously... 
it was a bit of a news story at the time, wasn't it? The, the, the cannabis oil treatment and all that. Like, now it's, like, quite normal, though, isn't it, to people say I'm getting CBD or whatever. But back then it was a bit like... Um, I remember it being in the news before I, I, I even heard about the, the fundraiser or whatever, but... Um, yeah, and I remember me and Chico that night. I'm sure I met him earlier in his life, but I remember that night just what, what a joy it was being with him because he's a, a joyous person, isn't he, by, yeah. by nature. And Yeah, I mean, I, I just thought that, that event was amazing and I loved being part of it. We got some really good support. Yeah, yeah there was Northern Uproar and Northside. Northside. Who were really great and generous with their time and nobody got paid. It was just mm. all done voluntarily, which was really kind of everyone. Yeah. I was kind of blown away, really. Yeah, me too. Alan Howard remembers recruiting one of the guests to help him with the shoot. I came down to cover the to cover the gig and kind of do a behind the scenes type vibe um, um, on it, and it it was it was a Happy Mondays event. So there was obviously things like a tombola, and the guy I remember the guy who did the tombola. I ended up persuading to help me do the second camera. So he did second camera on that, the Mr. Tom Bowler man. Um, and there was a raffle um, and there was obviously a few local businessmen involved. And it was like, it was like a scene from a Peter Kay movie um, quite a lot of the way through, I think. That was a great example that night of, of I mean, obviously it was, it was a benefit. Monty... Obviously, it was a benefit gig um, for his son, so it meant a lot for him. But he's, he was a bundle of nerves. He really was a bundle of nerves and, and, and anxiety, and he, and he wasn't comfortable. Um, and he wasn't terribly comfortable with the camera. He's never been terribly comfortable with the camera, I don't think. And then we had a lot of friends that came. Mm -hmm. I think Steve and Sarah came. Oh, did they? Nick the Greek from yeah. Lockstock and yeah. his wife, who are our friends. It was at the Palace Hotel in Manchester. Yeah. Um, the band played. There was other bands there. I remember meeting Paul Popperwell. Well, I was sat with your friends. I know I was sat with your friends. Which one? He's an actor. Oh, Stephen Marcus. Stephen. Yeah. Oh, right. Do you know Steve. him? No. You oh, you together. do now. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen. Yeah. 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 I was sat oh, with him and his wife. He was a nice fella. He was fun. So, what are your memories of that particular night? You'd advertise it as like celebrities, and I was. I think we had a conversation about. Me coming, and you said, Of course, you're coming. You're one of the celebrities. <laughs> well, I'm not a celebrity in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Everything's a haze. It was a, a bit of a haze, but it was, I remember it was a really good gig. That was a good gig, a good do. It was very unusual, wasn't it? it was a strange do, like the Monday's fan demographic. Right. In suits. <laughs> On the stool on the tombola. We had a table. There's a picture of us. <laughs> we were doing the tombola. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but like, like, like the gig, the gig was a gig. A black tie <laughs> yeah. in in the, the Palace Hotel yeah. in the basement of this massive ballroom. Yeah. Tombola. A raffle. Yeah, and auctioning some really really fancy stuff. Yeah. Seemed like a strange one. Uh, I believe somebody somebody stole, stole a guitar at the end of it. <laughs> One of, one of the auction prizes. Yeah. Whose guitar was it, actually? It was one of ours that we'd bought in an auction and it was signed by Manny and Peter Hook and Andy Rourke, I think. Oh. And so Paul bought... We bought it from an auction and then Paul signed it and then we auctioned it right. in that auction. 
But then someone nicked it. Somebody stole Bez's maracas as well. <laughs> and chased them down the street. Yeah, that's fuming. Yeah, we got the guitar back and we got the maracas What's wrong with people? With, you know, you're a gig charity gig to raise money for a kid, kid that's had cancer and they think it's okay to go and steal stuff from it. And then it was hosted by Tony Cascio who was a, a comedian that I knew from LA. Right. And then Steve Sale who I used to work with on The Hitman and Her was the compare. Oh. And then John Warburton the comedian stood up and did a did a turn and had everybody laughing. Oh yeah, yeah, little Warby. Yeah, it was yeah, a good yeah. night. Very funny story actually. So the part of the part of the night involved somebody suggested we do like a raffle. Oh yeah. Where people have to put their name on a piece of paper and a twenty pound note in an envelope. Mm-hmm. And so everybody did this. They gave out these envelopes. People wrote their name on a piece of paper, put a twenty pound note, and then they'd draw out the winners mm-hmm. and then we obviously we keep the, the money the 20 pounds mm-hmm. and um the night after the fundraiser we went to my auntie irene's house my cousin melanie's mum yeah who was in well into her 80s yeah yeah and we were there and my cousin and her kids and my dad and his wife mm-hmm. and auntie, auntie irene who auntie was in irene. her 80s yeah and one of my cousin's girls emma or laura opened an envelope, picked out the name and started laughing. And (laughs) do you remember this? The name was Hugh Jardon, J-A-R-D-O-N. Hugh Jardon. And everyone was laughing. And my dad and Barbara, his wife, were like, what does that mean? And Auntie Irene took one look at the piece of paper Uh and was chinking with laughter. (laughs) And my dad kept saying... Huge Ardon, what's that? <laughs> Huge Ardon, Huge Ardon. I don't know who it was that did that, but mm, it gave funny. us a great story. <laughs> yeah. Right, can we? Let's finish now on that. It's quite. It's ten to. It's nearly ten to. Nearly ten, it is nearly ten to. All right. Right. So have we covered? We've covered a lot. You've covered all the cancer to. stuff, which was the heaviest one. Right. No. Do you know what the next topic is? What? Breakup of marriage. Oh, <laughs> That'll be a cracker. How yeah. did you feel when you found out that he passed away? I was so sad. I was so sad for, obviously, for your children, for Sonny and for Chico, obviously, but I was so sad for him. I was so sad that, and and you, of course, I don't mean to leave you out of this, but I really, I was so sad. I was so sad that his life spiraled a little bit and then was extinguished too soon. He was far too young to be gone. He was a good guy with a giant, you know, problem. You making this film, if it can help to, you know, continue his legacy of, of, uh, awareness and activism of cannabis and understanding the danger to drug and the music. I mean, he had a lot behind that he left behind. Um, then that that's at least positive because in, in the most important thing in life is that we can hope for is to be remembered. You know, the saddest thing in life is to be forgotten. Right. And, and uh, he will definitely be remembered. And what you're doing now is with this documentary is to further that remembrance. 
coming up on the show next week. If you could go back and do do your life again, mm-hmm. are there some things that you wouldn't do? All and Stuart and Chico were all, you know, like falling over each other like a slapstick to get this thing put together, which, of course, they eventually did. But I think Paul was a little bit shocked at himself that he was helping to build a greenhouse for his son to grow weed, to grow cannabis. Yeah, um, it was it was a lot of fun. If anyone had said that we'd be buying our son for his was it his 13th or his 14th birthday? It was his 14th. Grow equipment. I just thought they were insane. Yeah, yeah. But it just seemed like the right thing to do, given yeah. it was the medicine that had probably saved his life. Yeah, and he took to it like a duck to water. Knowing that I'm making my own medicine from it uh, is really reassuring and uh, it's a good feeling. The next thing I really knew was, yeah, they were going to do a song with him and... Um, Mike Pickering was going to remix Wim Away and he was part of the factory team and they were going to sign him and shit, so it happened quite quickly. We're playing out with a song from a collaboration of Paul's that we promised earlier on in the series. This is a project he did with his ex-girlfriend, Donovan's daughter, Estrella Leach, and his big-arm collaborator, Pete Smith. The tune is called Let It Flow, and Estrella's voice is just lovely. And I almost forgot to say, the really exciting news is we finally have a release date for the Big Arm album. It's going to be coming out on November the 19th, but you can actually pre-order it from November the 12th. That's the Big Arm album Radiator, so please do get yourself a copy. Please give us a like and subscribe so that you don't miss out on our future content. And please also join our patrons club. Big thanks and welcome to Tom Ryan, as well as Jacqueline Morris and Martin Perry. There's actually a free tier that you can sign up for, so do join us. And go to the website at paulrider.tv, check out our shop and join in the chat on our socials. If you want to listen to the video version, we'll premiere here on YouTube next Sunday at 8pm as usual. Thank you to all of you for being here. Thank you to our fab guests and big love and respect as ever to the star of the show, the late, great Paul Big Arm Anthony Ryder. Monty.